It's happy hour from Central City, New Orleans at Casa Borrega on Aretha Castle, Haley Boulevard High. I'm Grant Morris. In the next 60 minutes, you'll get to meet about four, five, or six of the many thousands of fascinating people who live in New Orleans. And today, some folks who are passing through as well. You'll get to hear some live music, much like you're hearing now. At the end of the show, you might conclude New Orleans is a great city where people love to talk, have fun, and enjoy great music. But you probably know that already, so let's get right on with doing nothing. But enjoying the next 60 minutes of Happy Hour together, my special guests sitting around the table here at Casa Borrega today are Alexa Georges. Hi, Alexa. Hey there, Grant. Alexa is owner of Alexa Al- Alexandra Georges Collection International, which imports and sells handcrafted jewelry. But that is only a small part of the Alexa Georges story. Alexa is a freelance writer, a photographer, and a public relations and marketing consultant. She's owned Benetton stores across the South and had a successful home furnishing store in the French Quarter as well. Alexa was an executive producer on the commercially successful and critically acclaimed Mardi Gras Indian documentary, Tootie's Last Suit, and among her many other accomplishments, has been voted Best Dressed Person in New Orleans. Wow, you How got about to, that? did your research. Yes, and <laughs> featured in a four-page spread in the Greek Vogue magazine. That's true. Wow. Yeah, that was fun. Here. Thank you. I bet it's that good was to fun. be here. We'll hear all about that. Glenn Michael is with us as well. Hi, Glenn. Hey, good morning. Good afternoon. Well, good evening. Glenn yeah, Michael has been a are. salon owner and master <laughs> stylist for 35 years and is a member of the prestigious Intercoiffure Organization, which represents only the top 1% of salon owners and stylists worldwide. Hell. Glenn Michael is also a sought-after beauty industry advisor, utilizing his public speaking and communication skills to provide education, motivation, and inspiration designed to increase sales and improve productivity through his programs like Five Senses to Raising Sales, Communicate Like a Pro, not actually a pro, but like a pro, right? And Dynamics of Goal Setting, using research, listening, verbal, and visual skills to help individuals achieve their goals in business and in life. My mission and passion, Glenn says, is to help others develop self-confidence, achieve their goals, and to enjoy every day of their life. Wow. Yes. Can you help us out in the next 60 minutes? Piece of cake. Nothing Really? We'll be yeah. we enjoying yeah, ourselves. I've heard, I've heard this before, okay. man. I've heard this before. I'm not buying it. Come on. <laughs> Our band today, who we are playing in the background as I'm speaking, I, I, you can stop in a minute. I won't, I won't go on for too long. You can keep going for now if you like. Our band called Star and Micey from Memphis, Tennessee. All right. Hey. They are individually Josh Cosby, Jeff Smith, Nick Redmond, and Jeremy Stanfield. Their core members are two brothers without the same name. Jeff Smith and Josh Cosby met Nick, met, Nick, met Nick Redmond. Well, it's hard to say that. At a Memphis pub and began a relationship based on music and, above all, brotherhood. Star and Micey's self-titled debut album features a bunch of superstars, including Luther Dickinson from the Black Crows and North Mississippi All-Stars and Jody Stevens from Big Star. However, when the sun sets, it's Cosby, Smith, and Redmond who work relentlessly night after night, making music they hope will, quote, transcend material possessions and exhibit something that is always tangible between these three troubadours that thing is love wow thank you who came up with that uh i think old nick redmond over here and nick and redmond Connor crawford you know, very nice people. that is very nice star and micey's latest release i can't wait is awesome and available wherever cds vinyl and downloads are sold and of course talking of troubadours hey hello andrew duhon good is here. andrew duhon is our happy hour troubadour who wanders the earth and when he gets back to New Orleans, comes and sits around here at Casa Borrego and joins us just for the sake of what? How many drinks have you had so far? I don't know. Uh, How's the count? No, this is the first. What am I talking? What are you about? drinking today? It's uh, Maker's Mark, right? Yeah. Okay. 
And uh, and our host is Hugo Montero, who's uh, opening Casa Borrega, which is here on Arrethe Castle Haley Boulevard. And if you'd like to do something nice, yes, indeed, Hugo, this place is awesome. Like like Casa Borrega on Facebook, and you can follow them on Twitter as well. Well, welcome, you guys from Memphis. You just pulled up outside in a, in a van or a truck or with a bus, or what have you got here? You've got to come right over here. There's a van and a trailer. A van and a trailer? Yeah. Okay. And who's driving it? I am. Okay, so you guys. <laughs> so this is a pretty low rent operation. These guys in the band are still doing everything, even though you're super successful. I don't know about that. Come, come right in and like, like you really that. like me. Yeah. So whose whose van is it? Who owns everything? We do. It's like a collective. It's a, it's a band fun thing. It's you like the monkeys. Yes. Hey hey. How long how long have you been together doing all this? Um, it's going on a while now. Uh, Probably four years now. Wow. Four, four years, years. Four years, probably three years hitting the road. Uh, we're definitely five years not, you know, not making any money, that's for sure. Mm. What, uh, what happened to the first year? That oh. was just drinking and hanging out? It was just hanging out in porch swings and drinking, yeah. So where do you live in Memphis? Well, you guys all live together or in a house like the Monkeys for real or what? I wish. That would be so cool. We've talked about it, but it yeah. just never comes together, you know? And and I guess it's because deep down we wouldn't all, you know, so-and-so wouldn't wash the dishes and then, you know, we'd hate each other for stupid reasons. Josh yeah. means uh, by so-and-so. Come, come on. Well, you have to, um, maybe we should put the guitar down for a minute so you can come over here and talk, yeah. Okay, Nick. Let's move on. There you go. Now, Nick, <laughs> you sound, now you sound good. So you think Nick, by when he says when Josh says he wouldn't do the dishes, he's referring to you? I think he is. Is you like a slob or what? No, no. I just think when Josh includes everyone around him, he's basically saying Josh. <laughs> <laughs> that's a, that's I know that's that known him for a while. I do the same thing. That's pretty awesome. Yeah. That's a sort of psychology 101, right? Oh, yeah. yeah. Wait, everybody's, everybody's out. If yeah. he's everybody's including me. you, it's not good. <laughs> and he's to blame. <laughs> Who writes the music in this band? Uh, we all do. And how does it work? You get together at someone's house, or what happens? Um, it, 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 van, parking lot. Van, right. park, uh, house. Uh, these days, we've got our own little practice space for the first time ever. And uh, it's blowing our minds. We bring a song, and then we all got our instruments already there. So it's almost professional. It's almost professional. <laughs> wow. Close enough. Wow. How'd that happen? Who, who masterminded all that? Some, is someone the organizer here? You have a manager and everything, Oh, right? Curry Weber. <laughs> what, what, what happened, Nick? No, this is such an obvious answer, and... We all froze. <laughs> you forgot froze. about that guy. He's and he's looking right at us as well. Yeah, the he's sun here. is shining yeah. on him. Yeah. I, I can feel yeah. him behind me. He's behind me, isn't he? <laughs> have you have you had a manager for long? Because that makes a huge difference to a band, right? No, uh, it does. Um, and Curry Weber has when you, should be you know star mycy parentheses Curry Weber. Right, you shouldn't get top billing. Shouldn't moving get, along. Couldn't be Curry <laughs> Weber. So how long have you had Curry? Did you find him, or did he find you? Um, actually, uh, Nick here has uh, knew, knew Curry through, uh, the studio that we're signed to Ardent. Ah, okay. And, uh, Nick started, uh, interning and engineering there and Curry already worked there and took Nick under his wing and they just became pals and, you know, and listened to each other's ideas. And then one day Nick brought an idea in and it was me because me and Nick had met and was like, ah, oh, man, I think you should come around these parts and, you know, let me record your music. And here's, let me introduce you to a guy, Curry. And that was Curry. And Curry 
and fast became a believer with Nick. And did Curry get fired from Ireland? <laughs> he did, <We> actually. <laughs> and that's w- that's why he's, that's why he sunk to mani- managing the band from being an A&R. No, you no, we, was he was managing we, the band long before that. So he was an A&R guy and managing a band. Uh, well, actually, Isn't and that a, a conflict of interest? and an engineer. He's Superman. Yeah. Get carrying on this conversation. This sounds like a major conflict of interest. He books all our shows too. Wow. So wow. you'd be nothing without this guy, right? Right. Right. Correct. Thank you. Okay, we got that wow. out of the way. Okay, <laughs> moving moving right along. Alexa. Hi. So, tell me something about Alexa Alexandra George's International. That's nothing, right? That's just what, what you, you do. Just make that up. That's just what you do. Yeah. Which is it's inconsequential. Just, it's something that I do when I feel like doing it. Right. No, really. It's a, it's an import business that I started uh, about four years ago when I was I travel a lot and I spent a lot of time in Greece and the Middle East and in those days I did. So I decided to bring back some of the jewelry, which I thought was beautiful, and it is. Are you wearing it? Is yes, that it? these okay, earrings what do we, that I have on right now. What do we There's call that? Sterling silver. I call them the seventies. The seventies. Glenn, dusters. can you describe those for us? Gorgeous, <laughs> absolutely gorgeous. Yeah, aren't you like a fashion expert? Is that the best you can do? That's what I've heard. <laughs> yeah, is it gorgeous? Is that the best description of a stunningly gorgeous? Stunningly gorgeous. Yeah, you couldn't say up. cascading rings of silver. That was what I was expecting. <laughs> <laughs> well, I figured well, you already had it. Why was I going to well, say I, it? Well, I, I don't know. I don't know. I thought you'd come up with something better than that. But I like that cascading rings, r- rings of silver. I'm going to use that in my next ad, uh, marketing okay, campaign. Okay, you can have that. So thanks. So how do you do that? What happens? You just well, you travel I, around I and you travel just buy over there. Stuff. Well, what happened was I was spending some time over there. and um, Why is that, by the way? Oh, I had a couple of friends that I visited over there. A friend of mine was an antiquities dealer. And um, anyway, I Isn't would go and visit him and made a lot of friends. But one thing I noticed about these women over there was that they were so beautiful and they didn't wear hardly I've noticed that They didn't wear much makeup or they didn't wear, their clothes were very basic, but they'd always have like one hot, sexy piece of jewelry. Either it was a necklace or earrings or something to just like pop it out. So I said, hmm, you know, I've got to meet some of these people. So I met some of the designers, you know, there some of them, the one that I particularly deal with is also a painter and a yogi and so I go over there and I spend time with her. What are we talking about there? Oh, in Greece. Lebanon. Lebanon. Le- oh, yeah, Beirut. Beirut. I go to Greece, too. It sounds so <laughs> easy just to say <laughs> I went to Beirut and met a designer. How Quick jump. I went to yeah. Damascus, too, before the whole... Before you know, Syria went yeah, to hell. Yeah, unfortunately. What but anyway. Th- so you're living in Beirut. I was spending a lot of time there. I wasn't living what there. What do you do? You have an apartment there or what? No, I was staying with friends. Um, we, I what was going back was and forth. On? I was staying in a place, <laughs> you know, Beirut well. No, I've never <laughs> been anywhere near it, actually. <laughs> actually, I was staying in a place uh, right above the defense, minister of defense. So I thought either this is the safest place or right, the worst or the place. Worst, yeah. <laughs> you know, they're going to vomit. Um, but I, I, I really like the Lebanese people. They're, mer- you know, I'm Greek, so they're very much like the Greeks in a lot of ways. And so we share a lot of that um, cultural. You're Greek in the sense that your family's from my Greece. My father was born in Greece. Your father was a and first generation. Yeah, so well, both sets of my oh, grandparents were Greek, so I consider myself very much Greek. Both sides of you. Yeah, you my pe- maternal and my paternal. Yes. Did they come, did they As a matter of fact, I have a little present for you. Hey, thank, <laughs> thank you. What is it? Speaking oh, of my this. family in Greece, we, you know, we we've been uh, we're in the oil business, but Ooh. not the kind of oil business that they are <laughs> in Louisiana. Kind of oil the other oil. We're in the yes. olive oil business. Anyway, yeah. um, this is for you, Grant. Thank you so much. It's uh, some of my family's. It's oh, extra Grant. virgin olive Aren't oil. Aren't you yeah. allergic, Grant? Do you want to give that to me? Well, <laughs> do you want to try some? Story. Josh, didn't you you rub that on your? 
face <laughs> face the other day and I broke out. No, <laughs> you, you won't tr- break out with this, Josh. I promise. Okay. It's really good stuff. I use it all. The, the George's time. family has been cultivating olive trees at its. Oh, uh, what's the word? Arfara. Arfara is where my father oh. was born, Arfara and my grandfather, Arfara. my yeah. his Kalamata. father, and his father. Kalamata—that's an olive name that we've all heard of, right? Mm-hmm. Well, Kalamata is the town, the large, largest, closest city to where my families uh, have cool. their lands. So they've so been doing this for more than three hundred years. It yes. says on the side of this yes. thing. <laughs> wow! I just learned something new. Yeah. Yeah. What about what Kalamata is? I yeah. thought it was a type of olive. Sure. Yeah, I just thought yeah. it was something. You it's it kind of like the grapes right. and the wine, and then the wine yeah, and the, the grapes. Yeah, ti- it's a type of region. Well, it's a type of olive. It's yeah. So the, the the best olives in the world come from the region in, of Kalamata in cool. that area. Like and our family's been there for about almost four hundred years. So um, we've been doing it. So this oil is not four hundred years old. I promise. This is from the this year's production. So the who. Who came here? So your grand your grandparents came here, but you still have land. How does that yes. happen? My grandparents came from some because place we're Greeks. You nothing. don't. You don't. Well, that was different. Why don't, why don't that I own a part of St. We, we we after the Turks left in the 1800s. Well, we actually never lost our land at that time. We we always you can just kept our leave. Land. You can just leave, and the land stays. No, there. we have a lot of family. I have an uncle that's never left the village. I have a couple of relatives that have never left the village, so they're still there. And we have a farm and. We have goats and right. Well, it's, it's and what do they think of you when you come back? Are you like some oh, sort of crazy American now? No, they love me. They love me. I, I put on my you know my peasant clothes and do you? you know there I am. Do you I'm keep a peasant. A, you, keep yeah, peasant it's great. Clo- you keep your peasant clothes in a closet. I over have there? some peasant clothes there. I keep them here in the closet. You start looking no. more like Star and Icy when you when you go there. <laughs> yeah, you do. No. <laughs> you guys would fit right in. No, actually, the you I know this. Spit up my drink. <laughs> The, the peasant, you know, too, being fellas, a peasant yeah. doesn't mean you're not sophisticated or, you know, elegant people. Peasant so. is a sort of an anthropological term, meaning yes. something to yeah, do with they, the, of the land. The land you know, right? it doesn't so mean that you're like a. And our 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 house some there, of Mississippi. Our little, yeah, well, they there's some peasants there. Um, our home there is called Homatolaka, which means of the earth. So. Anyway, I'm pretty down to earth. Yeah. <laughs> so, so who makes the olive oil? Do you actually get um, out there and the bare feet? And I have been there when they've cultivated it, and I've watched them do it in the old-fashioned way with the presses. I haven't been, I haven't seen it in about 20 years doing that. How many but, olives does it take to make a little? Okay, now you're asking me too many questions. You know what? You have to get my brother Constantine on here on yeah, the show, okay. and he will tell you all of that. He's so the one that's the producer. Actually, I'm just I'm bringing this to you as a gift. This is our family's production, Thank but you. he is the producer. So, so Constantine, your brother Constantine, who actually owns Dat Dog. Dat Dog, yeah. No way. <laughs> <laughs> He's a Dat Dog guy. Yeah. And he also makes olive oil. And he makes the olive oil. And before that, he was a the U.S. attorney. He was a federal prosecutor federal for the U.S. attorney's yeah. office. Yeah. He's a hell of a guy. We've you ought to see him now. You we know, have he's got had his little Hawaiian had, shirt. Yeah, we've know. had him on Happy Hour before. I've seen him at Dat Dog. He's great. Yeah, Yeah, he was a great guest. He's cool. He just had a birthday, too. He did not bring me any olive oil, though. Well, you see, I'm the more I'm the sales. In the yeah, family. good job. Good job. <laughs> I'm he the marketing person. You, that's what I do. Hey, Glenn, we're going to get on to beauty in just a minute. But first sure. of all, let's listen to a song. What do you think? Oh, always. Okay. Let's, let's take it. a listen to Star and Mice. You want to play something, you guys? Tell us about the album. Well, is it an EP or an album that I just was listening to here? Um, it, it's an today. EP that we uh, did in Oxford, Mississippi. Um, you did? At a place called Sweet Tea. How did you get to be in Oxford, Mississippi, making it of all places? Well, uh, Curry booked us a show there, and then ah, one day the producer that owns Sweet Tea showed up and said, I, I want to record you guys. You made a good decision. It's a great record. Yep. It's so cool. It, it was, it's amazing how that stuff works out. And it was a fine dining restaurant, and we're just like, what are we doing here? They're going <laughs> to hate us. And what what um, what song you want to play off that? 
Well, off that EP, we well, you you don't have to play anything off that okay. if you don't want. Yeah, you can play anything you want. We're gonna play one off our first album. Yeah, yeah, called sure. So much pain. Once there was a time I did not care about what would happen to me or all the ones I love. I lost all my friendships. They all sailed away from that deadly storm that was named after me. I cause so much pain Yeah So much pain I cause so much pain I had to be forced to spend my time with God To understand that I, I was about to die I asked everyone that I had to roam Would they please forgive me For all the pain I caused So much pain I caused so much pain Yes I did, yes I did, yes I did And now that they forgave Everyone forgave Everybody sing it Even you Natalie I see. Nice. I wouldn't mind just abandoning the whole show and just listen to this for an hour. Me too. That was what, great. Should we just make them keep playing? How many more songs can we make you do, I wonder, in the next hour? A couple, <laughs> couple more? Awesome. <laughs> you got it. Come on. That was great. Thank I got the so laugh today. Yeah. Who wrote that? Um, me. Uh, Josh. Josh, yes. Yeah. It's amazing that you can sit here. As I find this like almost every week we do the show. We're sitting around here just bullshitting about whatever. And then suddenly someone picks up a guitar and can do that. Sitting right like shoulder to shoulder with us, staring right at us, and we're all staring at you. And it just is that something that is unnerving to you, or is that when you're at your most relaxed, or what? It, it can be both, but uh, just now it was when I was at my most relaxed. It seems so great. It seems like something just amazing comes out. It works great with the women, Grant. Yeah, you know, that's what it is. It's you know, if you have good-looking women yeah. sitting around, it Well, he helps. looks a little like John Lennon, don't you? Hey, know? nothing wrong Thank with that. Thank you yeah. very much. Yeah. That's what I, you remind me of. He's, he's very much like John Lennon. Not yeah. that I've met him. I'm getting the vibe, the <laughs> John really? Lennon vibe. I got a story about uh, that real quick. quick mm -hmm. one. A lady came up to me after a show, and, and uh, she told me that she used to be involved in a few tribes and cults in the, like, 70s. A few. And <laughs> that worries me right there. And she said there is, like, a lineage... From John Lennon, like people that are like a part of his like cult, like whatever his spirit right. animal is or whatever. That's been cult. passed down yeah. from after he and died. And she said that I exude his uh, 
Well, that's interesting things. because everyone else. I feel it. <laughs> yeah, I do. Alexis, I love Alexis. John Lennon. There's a whole aura out there. What mm-hmm. year did John Lennon die? Does anyone know it's that? In eighty-two. Were you born at about the same time? I was born eighty-five. Wow. So oh. you think it could be possible? <laughs> there you go. I like it. Okay. Are you a witchy type person, Alexa? Do you believe in this kind of stuff? Absolutely. Absolutely. I've had many past lives. Yeah. I felt it when I sat next to you. I was like, oh, I was just actually in the Dakota last weekend and wow. so well, you're, I'm, I'm you're in the actual building with John yeah, Lennon lived I was on actually I was I was stalking Yoko I was in a par- at a party actually but wow. I was looking across <laughs> the courtyard and Yoko I have the pictures in here but I was taking what? paparazzi shots not of her but in her office there's a there's a big photograph of the two of them kissing you know in the fantasy album whatever the, the double, double fantasy, fantasy album yeah. so I shot some um, I'll show them to you later you were in Yoko's office awesome. no I was through my camera lens you mean you can see in her <laughs> yes you can see because, in Yoko's well, I was apartment? in a private apartment and across the courtyard at the Dakota was her office on the wow. second floor so John and Yoko's older so she I've, still lives I've in the same John, apartment right? yeah so, so I, you can I, see in John mm-hmm. Lennon's house mm-hmm Last weekend, this was, this was current events. Well, I was at a, a party for the New Orleans Preservation Resource Center, and so that's how I did that's New how Orleans Preservation Resource Center had a party in the Dakota building on yeah, 72nd Street in New York City. Yes. Okay, that's interesting, right? It in was itself. fabulous. They raised a lot of money. And, uh, are they Jonathan, raising money, or are they spending money that we donate to them? Well, they, they use their money wisely. So, um, Jonathan, Is that an air ticket for you to go to New York and hang out the Dakota? Uh, part of my donation. Well, my, it was my birthday. No, oh, I really? paid my Happy way. Birthday. I paid my own way. I have to. I, I pay my share. Okay. But anyway, no, I wasn't working with them. I was part of the fundraiser, you know. But um, Jonathan Batiste played up there. Do you know who he is? He's a. Have you heard of him? I he's one of the Batiste family, mm-hmm. and he's incredible. He's got this. He's this. I don't want to take away from you guys, but no. you know, it's a different. Mu- he had this instrument. It was part harmonica, part piano key. It was what? really what? wild. What I sh- do you mean? Do you blow it or? Yeah, you blow it and you play it. You blow it and you, and it's you like play it. It's like a harmonica it. style. It's a, it's like a keyboard like this, oh. and then you blow it's on a melodica. it. Melodica. Is that what it's called? Ding ding ding. Jeff knows. <laughs> okay. Anyway, but back to you, uh, Josh and John Lennon. I'm thinking really of some sort of Heath Robinson. That's two so women now yeah. telling you that. Very impressive. Glenn. Yeah. Beauty. What how did you how did you get attracted to beauty? What is it about beauty that attracted you? Wow, there's a story. Okay, so okay. Um, here we go. So actually, my background is in music. I have a degree in voice. Segway. Yeah, okay. and uh, so I used to sing for a living for about 15 years. With whom? Uh, I had some bands around New Orleans. One big group called Adam's Apple, big horn band. Did a lot of soul, a lot of Tower of Power, Blood, Sweat, and Tears, Whoa. Chicago stuff. <laughs> Okay. Yeah, and then um, wow. we went on a road for a while, and I came back to New Orleans, and, uh, uh, you know, the life of a musician's not always uh, what you think it might be. But you were so, the singer, uh, though. You were the front man. You I was the vocalist, yeah. Yeah. Whoa. And so... Um, so you're like a big deal. That was something. I don't know if I was that much, but uh, I, I paid my bills, so that was a nice thing. For 15 you know? years. Yeah, for 15 years. Wow. So anyway, I came back to New Orleans, okay. and uh, uh, the reason I came back was because the group, we were actually in Miami, and... Uh, Capitol Records heard us, wanted us to do some stuff, and uh, unfortunately, great musicians, but not good business people. So uh, things you needed just, curry. Things didn't work out. Yeah. So uh, yeah, I, see. Yeah. I, I bailed on the music, came back to New Orleans, and uh, what do you mean things didn't work out? What went wrong? Uh, Capitol Records is offering you a deal, and you yeah, couldn't sign a piece of paper. Well, I was <laughs> I was one guy in a band, and yeah. and you know the thing with uh, bands sometimes is uh, they talk about doing it, but they don't do it. 
Capitol Records is sitting there. Is this a true story you're telling oh, us? Oh, yeah. Capitol Records is sitting there in Miami. Yeah, yeah. Your boy's from New Orleans, and they're offering you a record deal, and you can't agree on it? Yeah. Oh, it wasn't, oh, it wasn't possible agreeing on Andrew, it. what, am I just naive I mean, about this? It was this? one yes. of those things, though. <laughs> the guys needed, we needed to do some more original music, uh, okay. send them some stuff, and the guys just didn't produce. So right. What's uh, happened I, to those bums now? Yeah, I, I don't know. I don't really? Know. You I don't have any contact no, with them? No, wow. I, I wish them nothing but great fortune. the reunion great show? Luck, so I don't wow. know. Come on. Yeah. Yeah. At some point. But anyway, uh, okay. I came back to New Orleans and uh, was trying to decide what I wanted to do at 25 years old. And I actually had thought about the beauty industry when I was in high school. And just one reason. You were in a band since you were 10? Yeah. Yeah, I started singing. Well, I started singing at a young age. Well, if you I were in the working, band for 15 years yeah. and you were 25 when you quit, you must have been 10 when you started. Well, Although started, I'm not a mathematician, I, is that right? Well, <laughs> I'll put it to you like this. I started singing when I was five years old. Okay. All right? And I started earning money when I was 15. So uh, wow. I was in playing bars and nightclubs at 15. Really? Right? Where did you, what, what, what bars did you play in? Oh, let's see. There was a place called The Sands on Jefferson Highway. Mm-hmm. There was Soul City on Airline Highway. There was the Beaconette on Carol, uh, Claiborne Avenue. Then we played for every high school football game, you name it, we pretty much did it. Mm-hmm. We did the President and the Admiral riverboats on the uh, mm-hmm. on the river. Did you so do any proms or? We did Bacchus for a number of years. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we did, pro- yeah, we did proms. Everything from, yeah, typical stuff. Do you play you know. the Bacchus ball? Go yeah. on, Andrew. <laughs> yeah, we did. did we played you, for a lot of years. So, so did you play an instrument or you were the kind of front man who had some moves? Uh, I played keyboards and trumpet, but mostly I uh, leave oak. I hardly picked up So did you did you have like moves did you like do the slide and things when uh, you I'm, sang or anything I, i'm not a standstill singer yeah no yeah. i like to hear that like no, to hear not that at all. that's great no I'm, I'm a little more james brownish amen yes. amen all right i never was uh i always enjoyed the beatles but i, I related more to otis redding oh i don't know in the gospel <laughs> that's right so anyway came back to new orleans and didn't have a gig didn't know what i wanted to do so i thought about beauty school and started a new band so i played music at night had a group called rock island express and uh, we played for about a year or two while I finished school. And uh, about basically two months out of beauty school, I went crazy and opened a hair salon. And here I am. <laughs> what is beauty school? What do you, what do, you do? I mean, you're, what do you do there? You're, you've been a singer. That's all you've done. You didn't be dropped out of high school or something? Well, no, no. Did no. you finish high school? Oh, no. Yeah, I finished high school. Well, I wouldn't be a real New Orleanian if I didn't ask you. What <laughs> high school did you go to? I went to Redemptorist up in the fine Irish yeah. Channel. Yeah. Redemptorist. Redemptorist High School. great name for yeah. high school. Did yeah, it didn't, didn't really work, of course. Uh, no. Didn't redeem you at all. No, no, not at all. I'm, I'm, I, that, that effort's been made. I don't think it'll ever happen. Are you, are you religious today? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. You go to church every Sunday? Uh, no, not really. People ask me if I'm, I'm, I was born and raised Catholic, and yeah. people often ask me if I'm a practicing Catholic. I said, no, I don't really practice much anymore. I kind of figure much I got it down. <laughs> <laughs> why, yeah. did, why would people ask you that? I guess if you're a hairdresser, they make small talk constantly, right? Yeah, they're, they're always asking different questions. You have to listen to a lot of crap. I, actually, yeah. uh, the interesting thing about being in the industry I am is uh, I hear quite a lot of things that most people don't hear from my clients and yeah. often said that you know if I could put on a collar and give penance and absolution I'd have a whole new gig oh yeah, yeah. you wouldn't be making as much money though, uh, no but I, and I, you'd be attracted to small boys but I could write well. no I don't think so that's probably not going to be on my list of things to do Even if you, uh, <laughs> <laughs> so tell us about beauty school that's what I want to know what goes on at beauty school well, beauty what school, do you learn you learn to cut hair well you the objective of beauty school is that you're going to become a, a hairstylist, a beautician, or cosmetologist. Uh, the reality of beauty school, uh, and unfortunately, is that it is a business. And the objective of beauty school is really to teach a person how to pass the state board test. Which, does, is, but, which, which is what? How which, to, which you is to mean, do a haircut? How to do haircuts, how to do color, how to do a perm, how to do some basic things. 
the perception, though, for a lot of people going to school is that you're going to be the next Fidel Sassoon. The reality is that, no, you're not, unless you practice your behind off. Uh, so anyway, but beauty yeah. school really does. It teaches you how to pass the state board test. And the only thing the license means is that we don't think you're harmful to the public. <laughs> okay. So keep that in mind. So, so how, uh, do I just, how do I choose a hairdresser? Well, I think you choose a hairdresser right off the bat by uh, someone when you go in, if they do a thorough consultation. Mm-hmm. And in that consultation, they're going to do a consult, they're going to diagnose, and they're going to prescribe. They're going to look at your facial features, talk about your lifestyle, what do you like, what do you not like. And they're going to ask questions like, uh, what do you not like about your hair? Because the objective is not to sell anything, it's to find out what's broken, see if we can help you make it happen. God, I've been to a million hairdressers. Nobody's ever nope. asked me those questions. Nope. That's so, amazing. So, I like well, that. Well, I'll, I'll share it to you like <laughs> this. Nick, go on. Like what? <laughs> well, I'll put, it, I'll put it to you this way. I mean, and again, I love my career in music. And the cool thing about being in the beauty industry is I got great music on all day long. So every now and then I come home, hum along, sing a few lyrics to my clients. And yeah. that, that yeah. kind of works. Nobody's, wow. nobody's paid me to shut up yet. So I guess yeah. I'm doing all right. You That's know? pretty cool. You have a salon in, in Metairie. Yeah, we're right on Metairie Road, uh, about a half a block uh, east of Bonneville. Why did you choose to open a salon in Metairie and not in the city? Well, actually, I started off in New Orleans East back in 1976, and based on different uh, economic factors, uh, made the move to Metairie. Uh, it was a very good move for us. We've been there now about uh, 20 years. And back in the late 80s, early 90s, the, econo- ec- the economics of New Orleans East really went down. It just wasn't a place for the type of salon that we project. And so it wasn't our market anymore. Right. Do you so have... Remember, Go on. Who was that? So we no. went where our market was, basically. I was just going to mention, I used to get my hair cut there. Really? I used to go to school at St. Catherine of Siena, and when I'd get out of school, my mom would bring me there, and I'd get my hair cut. Your mother's a wise woman. Yeah, yeah that's what I like about you. But mother. when you could choose your own hairdresser, you stopped going to Glen Mike. Well, I have a what friend happened? I have a friend who graduated, and I've uh, been getting a, a good deal from her ever since. She's so doing, there you, you go. Know. You know, it's an economic thing. Yeah. Did she ask Absolutely. you about what you want to get out of life and your facial she features? She didn't, you know? But I guess a, she's a friend, so maybe she knows a she couple things she assumed. She knows that already. I don't go. know. But you have, you know, it's it's interesting. You, had, you had, I do it, yeah. You had asked about the jewelry, which is, jewelry is, is beautiful. But there's something that I, I share with groups when I teach, and yeah. it's the statement, and it has nothing to do with. I mean, I guess it has a lot to do with bands and music and clothing and fashion. But the reality is, hair is a person's most versatile fashion accessory. Ah. It goes with every mm-hmm. outfit that a person wears. Now here's the key for a woman: it goes with uh, an evening gown. It goes with a nightgown. What do you mean it goes with it? Goes mm. with nothing look at, at all. Look at goes with everything. Look at who goes here. Look at Mr. Montero over here. Yeah, mm. yeah but see, now that's, that's the key, what you man. call hair. That's hair. Beautiful. That's what I'm talking that's about. gorgeous. But you see, and here's the thing. If it goes with an evening gown and nightgown for a lady, it goes with a tuxedo and a Speedo. Yeah. <laughs> for a guy, that's not, right? a, that's not right? a very nice thought. No, but here's the key. Think about this. Hair is an integral part of your self-esteem and self-image, and it's the difference between self-confidence and self-consciousness. Because people Hang who on, don't have hair, down I'm telling you, that's how it is. self-confidence and self-consciousness. Yeah. What is, what is self-conscious? That means if all your hair falls out, like you're bald. Well, yeah. You and take then you're self-conscious, or, or your hair's huh? bad. You have you a bad, bad haircut. haircut. Well, well, let's think about it like this. Somebody gets a bad haircut, they feel self-conscious about it, right? Sure. And if a person's losing their hair, especially a female, over a period of time, it's a, it's a very emotional situation for them. Well, it's this for a guy, isn't it, too? Well, it is less for a guy. I mean, guys, uh, we kind of go, well, I don't like it, but I'll live with it. Mm-hmm. Now, some guys don't. They'll go the hair club for men type route. But a lot of guys, basically, I'll use me as an example. I could shave my head, put on a suit, and go out tonight, but my wife can't do that. You know, so <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's yeah, just not going to fly, man. Yeah. You yeah. know, it, I mean, hair is hair. You know, and if you look back in history, I mean, there's so many relationships to hair from Lady Godiva to Samson, 
It's hair. Hair makes the hair makes the look. Right? Mm. Here's the deal. Right. I tell yeah. you this all the time. This guy's good. This is true. Listen to this now, okay? <laughs> I'm sold. I just wish I had some. Yeah. You've well, you got, got plenty, brother. Hair. What's you wrong got a with you? You got a good yeah. head of hair, man. Right? But I want you to think about... Where do I get hair? Where do you, Oh, well. Propecia? No. No, no those, things are, those things don't really work. <laughs> what right? is that? Propecia is a... Oh, uh, that's just like... Chemical. Like, no, that doesn't work. All that's going to do... I thought they did, like Rogaine, you mean, and stuff like that. Well, if you want feathers, it looks just fine, but it ain't really hair. It's fuzz. Well, hey, listen, are you, Nick, are you self-conscious you, about your hair or self-confident about your hair? I think I'm self-conscious. Uh, in fact, it, it first happened when I, when I did my performance, Star Mindsy did, for my first cousin's wedding. And I saw some pictures afterhand, and I went, did you know that I'm bald? Guys, oh! Guys, did you know that? Did you know that about me? And they said, eh, no, no, that's not true. And so I called my aunt who was taking the photos and I said, did you know? Did you know did, what's going on here? You know? <laughs> she said, actually, I've got some really heartbreaking news. What you're seeing is after I photoshopped. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. Okay. I like Ann already. <laughs> Nice. Crisis. She's got the Rogaine Photoshop button. <laughs> there you go. Well, I'm sitting pretty close to you here, you know, and yeah, I, yeah, your hair looks great. Off. What are you this talking about? Have you got like a do-over or something, like a comb-over? I mean, yeah, you look that, great. Is that the professional term? I like the Donald over? Trump look. Uh, is there a no. comb-over? Is that a professional that's term? A, that's we don't called call a rug. Donald Trump. Is that his real hair? That is not his real hair. No, he's got the... No, that's a... That's a He's got a little add-on work. Is it? Oh, that's oh, a wig. Gosh. What we used to call the wig. We don't yeah. call it a wig anymore. There's no way that's real. Well, you know, guys, uh, I, always, I was telling somebody this the other day because we actually have a system in our salon. It's called an Evolve system, and it's for women with fine, thin hair. And it's the coolest thing on the market because basically it's a, it's a system they wear for four or five weeks, and you can't tell it's not really their hair. But I always tell, they'll, they'll say, well, is it a piece? I'll say, no, you know, basically on Monday Night Football, Howard Cosell hit a piece. Okay. <laughs> it looked, you know, right. it looked like a rug. It so was like, like a, I rug. Can't believe, a rug. I can't believe it's not here. That's right. Right. So we what do we it? do a thing called <laughs> we do a thing. It's called an evolved volumizer, and it's it's evolved volumizer. Yeah, it it uh, creates texture density and color all without chemical. Oh, I want adhesive. that. It's pretty cool. Who wouldn't want yeah. that? And it's what brand new. It's only been around for about a year and a half, two years. What is it? It's in a spray can or something? No, no, no. It's actually it's a poly mesh base. It's ventilated, so it's lightweight. It's cool. You don't even know you have it on your head. 100% human hair, uh, 70% Indian, 30% Chinese, Indian for softness, uh, Chinese for durability. Wait, it's it's a, it's it's hair. It's a piece of hair. No, it's, it's not somebody, a piece of okay, hair. Okay, it's not somebody a treatment had it on the that you do to your hair to make treatment. it thicker. Oh, no, okay. No, no it's actually it's somebody's hair who had it on the head at one hair? point in India or oh, China, no. apparently. Right. Yeah. 70% of it was from India and 30% of it's from China. Yeah, but, uh, you I mean, if I had to do it, you know, if I needed hair, I would do it. But I thought maybe just to... Make my well, thin hair a little bit thicker. Well, your hair nice. you beautiful. You have, now, what's have, wrong with your you hair? It used, to be, it used to be thicker. All right. Yeah, and mm. here's the thing. You have beautiful hair. It looks great. And I would say, wow, you have great looking head of hair. But it's always when you look in the mirror and how you feel. Because well, I have clients I who I say. I thought I looked pretty good when I left the house. Well, you, look, you do. Know, you, you look know. great. You look fabulous. But, but, but <laughs> again, there, there are, I could have a client and I think, hey, she's got a great head of hair. And she looks in the mirror and goes, I think my hair is thinning out. It's too thin. What can I do? Well, cosmetic, pharmaceutical, and hair transplants don't work. They flat out don't work. Jesus, I know. You're, I homework. you're effective. I can't even so, keep up with this. So Cosmetics, me, pharmaceutical, and transplants don't, they don't work. work. Let me, let me ask you this. I can tell you why. You, yes, you know, you're, you're saying it's you know, the person's opinion, the person's self-esteem, and that's important, obviously. That's, that's the thing. Sure. But um, would you give someone the 
negative uh, opinion that you may have about their hair uh, before you heard whether or not they liked it? You no, know? Oh, that's a good. No, 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 no. Um, and yeah, and, and, and let me let me share this way. Right? Yeah, I want you to think about it like this. Like if a client comes into a lot of salons, a hairdresser says to the client, "How do you want me to do your hair?" Mm-hmm. Right. Well, here's my question. Would I go to a doctor who says, "How do you want me to fix your broken leg?" Would right. I go to an attorney who says, "How do you want me to represent you?" And I think it's the hairdresser's responsibility to find out what you have, you don't want, and what you want, you don't have. And by doing that, you ask leading questions. And those leading questions. Okay, what's, what is one? Let's do it with Nick. Let's not leave Nick like hanging out. Right, so, yeah. Poor guy. You know, he tells us this heartbreaking story. I'm begging. I'm, yeah, he a, wants help. So, 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 so if Nick yeah. was a client who came, comes in a salon, I, I'd say, so Nick, I want to ask you a couple of questions. If, okay. if you could change anything about your hair, what would you change? What drives you the most crazy? What drives me the most crazy? Yeah. The lack of it. The lack of it. All right. So you'd like more hair. Oh, yeah. Especially right. around so. uh, this region. Right, the top. Your entire head. The crown and the yeah, top. Yeah, that would be the whole. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, okay. Well, uh, from, from the visual, from sitting across the table, you got a nice looking head of hair. And it can be styled to create the look of more density, volume, and fullness. Now, and of course, there are add-on hair systems that will give you more hair, like within an hour and a half. And you wear it four to five weeks. Evolve. Evolve. Pretty simple. Yeah, it's a done deal. Hmm. Hang on. What can, but, hang on. Is that yes, expensive? Andrew, you go what does that cost? Everyone can then? have one question here. Go ahead. So you mentioned that you, you wouldn't talk to the person who, uh, you know, uh, maybe you had a negative opinion about his head of hair, but you mentioned the doctor with the broken leg. So if a guy comes in with you with a broken leg, head of hair, right, and he's like, no, it's just fine, would you just let that broken leg walk out the door? Are you going to tell him, look, we got no, some issues I definitely here, make buddy. some suggestions, but yeah. I try to be as PC about it as possible. Sure. So so if uh, the doctor comes, I come in and the doctor says, so, you know, um, you know, how do you want to fix your broken leg? What the doctor would say is, how did you break your leg? Uh, and what have you done to treat it? Uh, and how long has it been broken? Yeah. Right? So yeah. I'm going to ask him, you know, uh, what is it you don't like and yeah. why do you not like it? And what yeah. have you done to address it so far? Well, yeah. well, let's start so there. I'm going to gather. Let's start there. Wait, wait. Yeah. So we have, we found out what you don't like. So what have you done to address it so far? Yeah. So what have not, you done to try? Nothing. Nothing. I, I've had my wife cut my hair. Okay. And uh, that gives, that gives to the first thing you were saying. Because uh, I'll ask her. Well, how does it look? It doesn't look much different to me. She goes, it looks great, Nick. And I go, yeah, you're right. I'm going to walk out the door. <laughs> there you but go. is that true? No. Well, you trust you your know. wife, right? You, she's going to tell you. She's not going to let no, you walk out looking like... No, it feels nice to hear it, you know. <laughs> I don't trust her that. <laughs> well, let, let me share it this way. I'm, I'm not going to take a client who has very fine, thin hair, especially a female client, and rave about how incredibly gorgeous the hair is when she doesn't have it. Right. Right? right. So, but what I am going to do is find out, as I said, what is she not happy about? And then the question is... Glenn, let's I, go little angle like this. Okay. I got it. Yeah. Okay. So Easy. now... Seeing it. Yeah. So jumping out at so it's so on top. I okay. can tell you Let's right now that there's a couple of products on the market that would totally camouflage that little bit of flesh you're seeing up there. There's and a lot more than a little spray on. Spray yeah, spray Alexa's on. got the spray can. Yeah. Is it spray? Hey, Is that what I'm looking at? <laughs> listen, well, no. listen. Let me ask you this, Glenn. When you say that you've got this thing evolve and yes. it's a uh, it's a mesh, and it's got some Chinese and Indian hair in it, and you only have to wear it for four to five weeks. What does that mean? Well, what it means what is that it falls six? off, probably. Well, no, no, no. What that means is that when a client comes in, let's say they come in today, we do an installation. that the, We use a little bit of their hair. It's integrated through the system, and we use a non-damaging rounded edge crimp on. does no damage to their hair. And it's going to stay on four to five weeks, because over the four to five-week process, the hair is going to grow out about a half an inch, which means it's going to have a little wiggle room. Nobody wants loose hair. So they come back in four to five weeks, we uninstall the system, and then we reinstall the same exact system. I see. The client gets about eight months to a year of wear and tear out of a system. 
and they shampoo, condition, blow it dry, flat iron, curl and iron. Go for a swim, go to the beach. Go, to, go for a swim, go to the beach, go to take a jog, Pilates, dance with so their, their boyfriends, or go listen the to the band tonight. Okay. Whatever they want to do. Okay. So how much are we talking about? Basically, the system lasts about eight months to a year, and it breaks down to $2.74 a day. It's $1,000. Would you pay that, Nick? <laughs> to look great? What do you pay for Starbucks every day? Uh-huh. And it's not, not going to grow. Well, it's not going to grow in here. Two dollars seventy-four a day, not seventy-five. Two dollars seventy-four. I, I would. I would. How about this, Glenn? And I don't. And we might be able to Let's make talk a deal about this here. later. But uh, <laughs> if it was per day, I'd do it. That's yeah. A, oh, okay. So you got to send a check, two seventy-four a day, and, and we'll work it out. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> <All right. laughs> we'll what put you on the okay. easy pay plan. Yeah, I'm on the easy pay. Pay plan. as you go. <laughs> That's right. You'll have to play a lot of gigs. That's right. <laughs> Let's take a listen to it. Let's take a listen to a song right now. What do you think, you guys? Let's and go then I'm going to make Andrew play after that. Yeah. Okay. What are you going to uh, What are you going to redeem yourself with, Redemptorists today? Oh, I'm going to have to redeem myself, aren't I? No, that was Glenn's high school. Is that still there? That high school Redemptorist? The facility is still there, but it's it's not. It's what not is it today? Home. I think it's a retirement home, if I'm not mistaken. Hmm. It's close. It's only about maybe half. I wonder if away. there are any repeat alumni, both of Redemptress and the retirement home. Yeah, you could. That's a good question. You could end up. You could start off there and end up there. Could be. Hmm. Could be. Gentlemen, what are you? What are you thinking of playing? We. Now this one's off the EP. This next song we're gonna sing is called "I Can't Wait." I had you on the telephone, said you might be coming on. Heard you hint to leave the state, said you might be back someday. Well, now I can't wait. No, I think you should stay. Yes, I heard you went to Tennessee Thought that you'd come back to me Thought you said you'd never leave Baby, please come on to me Well, now I can't wait No, I think you should stay But I could say a million things Nothing one would mean something, but I can't wait. No, I can't wait. Can't call you on the 
pitch you might be coming on Heard you had to leave the state Said you might be back someday Yeah. I, okay. have, I have a question. Alexa. Um, when you write these songs, is it because you experienced something? Like, was there someone you were writing about? Oh, sh oh sure. Or uh, someone or um, something, like a, a German Shepherd or something. Mm -hmm. Used to foster German Shepherds. Did it's you? an emotional process, by the way. Fostering German Shepherds. Who did you get them from in the first place? The Germans? Save our Shepherds. Well, oh. it started with... <laughs> where do we want to go? Well, tell, tell the truth. Tell the truth to a certain the extent. The truth is that I... Uh, I really did foster German Shepherds. The, the non-truth <laughs> well, is that I got them from Germany. Okay. <laughs> they came from... Are you from Memphis originally? Memphis, Tennessee. Yeah, I noticed that, that that there's two versions of that song on the on the record. One is the acoustic version, kind of like you just did, and the other yeah. is the recorded version. The acoustic version is much has a much more twangy accent, like you have in this one, and the the one with the full band and the th it sounds much more like untwanged. Yeah, they don't is that like, intentional? They don't like it. I don't. I think that's the Pro Tools or the. Uh, <laughs> that's right. That's <laughs> it's got an untwang song. app on yeah, there. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, there's this uh, thing that's really? called. Uh, yeah. Take me out of Memphis and put me in front of the world. Yep. And uh, then slap yeah. some Rogaine on me, probably. Yeah. <laughs> slap some Rogaine on and we'll be good. So you're trying to, I mean, that's you're trying to make that sound more accessible to the rest of the world, like a pop song. Oh, sure. I mean, I want as many people to hear our music as possible, you know? I don't want to exclude anyone and whatever's going to. Okay. But you guys probably didn't intentionally take an accent out. No. No. Because you it people, was a suggestion, people probably. usually dig the charm, you know. The southern yeah. charm. It's, is that attractive, being from the south, from Memphis? It must be, surely. To the rest of the country. I mean, down here. I don't know. I don't know. What do you think? What was the question? Is is being from Memphis attractive to the rest of the country, or is it better to make it sound, make yourself sound like you're not from Memphis? It uh, it, it seems to be attractive. I would yeah. think. Do you guys uh, travel? You travel space. north. Um, any, anybody that anytime I tell somebody we're from Memphis, they think it. They their eyes light up and they think our music's going to be awesome. Right. I think what they mean is you, you're alive. Yeah. <laughs> no, you know, there's you survive. <laughs> people like you. Oh know. yeah, there's that too. In what sense? Oh, well, it's, a, it's supposed to be pretty dangerous down in Memphis. Is it really? <laughs> oh well, we don't know that because we come from the murder capital of the country here ourselves. I was so say, we're, I, I, we're not think, we're not I thinking of think anywhere that's uh, more dangerous than actually right here where you're sitting now. That's right. I was gonna say. So I think I think we all understand go. that that part of the, the city, right? I always think of Elvis Presley if I think of Memphis. Sure, Sun Records. Who who carried a gun? Did he? Elvis was a, had a concealed license. Didn't he have? He was a drug enforcement no, agent no, no, as well. No, I, I don't think he even. I mean, his license said Elvis Presley. You know. Did he and carry a gun? Though? Are you serious? He really him? did. He really did. And most of his friends around him carried pieces as well. Wasn't Elvis from Tupelo, Mississippi? Yep. He was born yeah. in Tupelo, Mississippi. Yeah. Born, born in Tupelo. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah, but I think Wait, he what's lived. What's the street there? Beal. Beale Street. Beale Street. Beale Street. Right. I'm sorry, okay. I'm getting confused. You said Elvis carried a piece. Are you talking about a gun or a toupee? <laughs> <laughs> I, I only know about the gun, and if, I swear, if that thing was a piece, oh man, I'd have Can you find no. out who oh. his hairstylist right. was and get him over? Glenn, my, do you have my numbers? Nine zero one. I'm not hooked into that. If you guys listening guys. can give, give us any information. Someone's got to know who did Elvis's hair. I mean, that's got to be common uh, knowledge. I, I sure. would think so. Somebody's got to know. Probably, probably still around, too. Who Did he come up with that look, that 
whatever that was called. That I think he was a, that Pompadour was a sign of the times. Mm. That know? was just a general. He was the nine beetle. It was the it was the nine sure, beetle look. Yeah, sure. It was the you know. He was a long time before the Beatles. He, he was, was but he, but he was still around during the Beatles period when the Beatles became popular. He was still playing, of course. The, the Beatles eclipsed him really. I mean, oh, he was. The, they did, they did, but he was the man at the time, and and yeah, you know, like it's that. it's kind of like Sinatra when he was at his peak, but then there was Sinatra at his end, and still great, but you know, not the same chops. Well, Elvis didn't have a very elegant ending. No. You no, know, he got fat and crazy and was a drug addict and died in the mm-hmm. toilet in the you know in his house. Well, it's not a very uplifting ending to the being the most famous, the yeah. king of rock and roll. The king of rock and roll, Seriously. but not necessarily a brain surgeon. King should die on the throne, you know. Uh, yep. Thank you. Thank you very much. Okay, Andrew, that's one of the best. It's <laughs> <laughs> one of the best Elvis lines of all time, probably. Hey, um, Andrew, you want to play something on that note? I see you yeah. didn't bring a guitar. Yeah. Andrew didn't uh, bring a guitar for some of Well, I did. Reason. I did bring a guitar. Oh, you did? Okay. Did um, you play all three at once? No. Oh, I, I, thought, I thought I would play a harmonica song and let the fellas from Star and Mice join in with me and uh, Great. help me out. Yeah, yeah okay. Great. Because uh, that would be fun. Uh, let's play a song in G, boys. They've never heard the song, obviously. Okay. So. Let's just ride G almost all the way home, and then we'll play a little blues at the end, a little 145, but... Uh, I'm gonna stand what up. What do we need? Okay. Oh, nothing. I, I'm just gonna shout it out loud, and uh, the boys are gonna play along. And this song is called Ones, Twos, Threes. I actually, uh, I wrote it when I was completely uninspired into a notebook, and it was just this exercise where I was gonna write a poem with the first stanza rhyming with one, the second with two, the third with three. You get it. And uh, then I decided to play some harmonica to it, and then it became kind of this blues song called Ones, Twos, Threes, and it goes like this. And a ones and a twos and a ones, two, three. <laughs> Sure that we'd be the ones to win and not to jump the guns that point towards the fools that run before the bugler's hard and hard to signal. Free land towards the sun, but we, we waited shoes undone for where we were, bothered us none with loans and insufficient funds. with him for shoes. Lord, if I ever saw them schmooze, the sight would make my stomach ooze. These bad things come in threes, not twos, but one white so my black these blue numbers. <laughs> Loneliness release like lions from the golden fleece. Yes, life is lived in times like these, and life is lost for times like these. But life is made in times like these, and a ones and a twos, and a ones, two, three.
Oh, happy hour trip to Andrew Duhon ah, back Star by the guys Star and Macy yeah. from Learned Memphis, Tennessee. You learned how to St. Catharines? Wow. Well, yeah, yeah, they told me that, yeah. <laughs> sure enough. Go Gators. Wow. Yeah, that is, uh, you're the wildest man to ever come from Italy as well. Yeah, that's probably true. That is amazing. What a beautiful song. That's the most tiring song I do also, Grant. <laughs> that's a lot of work there. Yeah. You have to actually stand up. Man, I'm about ready to play now. Let's do it, boys. Come on. That about did it. Right on. So that came from just a, a notebook? You just sat down and wrote that? Yeah, that was just com- an exercise. completely uninspired exercise to write a poem with one, two, three as the stand as a rhyme and uh, happened to be a venting situation on a past relationship apparently I had some angst about. <laughs> so, yeah. Do you, play, do you play around town? Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, we should do that conversation right now. Yeah, actually. totally. Um, these guys are going to play this week. I don't have any shows this week, but I play around Frenchmen and all that good stuff, yeah. Jazz Fest, right. French Quarter cool. Fest. Yeah. yeah, are you playing over... Um, Mardi Gras and Super Bowl. I mean, no, nothing this, this week. This week uh, nothing this oh, week. you know what? Next How did that happen? Monday. That you have no gigs this week. I don't know. I didn't uh, because I was supposed to be releasing a record, and then I realized there was a Super Bowl and a Mardi Gras oh, to deal yeah. with, and I didn't want to compete. That explains it. Okay, so but but Andrew's name is spelled Duhon, D U H O N. So you can find him. I'm look, I'll look you can for look you. him up. Absolutely. Please. Where do you play the Jazz Fest? Uh, Lanyap stage, likely. Oh, great. I haven't heard yet. Okay. Now, how about, or how awesome is that? Okay, now, you guys, Star and Micey, where are you guys playing around town? Because you're here for quite a while, right? Yeah, we're, um, we're playing at a Tulane University uh, Friday at 5. Give us the sort of date, if you can figure uh, that out. Is it tomorrow? February. No, February something. S- was it first? February 1st. That is probably tomorrow. tomorrow yeah, tomorrow. Oh, yeah. Rent. Oh, yeah, so we probably have this show. You probably listen to the show. If you listen to it live, it's tomorrow. If you listen to it on the podcast it may have yeah. already been gone unless you're listening to it today which would be tomorrow <laughs> we're also playing Go on. Um, we're also playing the circle bar saturday the, the february 2nd and then we're playing cafe britannia next thir- uh, thursday february 7th now that's so. a place i that's on britannia street near Turo hospital yeah it used to be called something else and now yep. it's cafe banquet yeah and now it's called cafe britannia and it's not yep. actually a cafe it's a bar right well there's a cafe attached to it oh there is okay mm. well that explains it I'm actually so, uh, maybe uh, renewing my music career tomorrow night at right. Checkpoint Charlie's. A good yeah. friend of mine, John Mounier, one of Hallelujah. the best bass players in the city, has invited me to go sit in tomorrow night. So if Sweet. you're an old Adam's Apple or Rock Island Express fan or old band members who want to show up, I invite you to Checkpoint Charlie's wow. tomorrow night about 1130. These are the bums who you don't talk to too? anymore. These are my good friends who <laughs> I haven't seen in a long time. There are no bums. <laughs> <laughs> These are people you just said earlier you don't know what happened to them and they're a bunch of bums. And they didn't, yes, you I did. I didn't know what happened to them. I didn't say they were bums. No, you didn't, I said that, but you said you don't know what happened to them, which no, I no. assume meant you just lost touch with them because you didn't care what happened. No, no, there's no hatred anywhere. Okay, no hatred. But do you, you want you're inviting them if they're listening to this to show no, up. I'm inviting anybody who wants to come by, and definitely I'm inviting yes. the old band members. Okay, come up, sit in, let's, let's do get the a band gig, back baby. together. Let's get the band back where together. Where are you guys going to be tomorrow? You're playing tomorrow <laughs> night. No, tomorrow. That's what you just said. Tomorrow night, it's at it's tomorrow day at five. Is that at their quad? Tulane's quad. Yeah, you're playing outside at five. Yeah, it's free. Beautiful day. We might come up and watch you at 11. 11.30. Check point, 11.30, 11 30, checkpoint, checkpoint Charlie's. Charlie's yeah. Hey, 11.30. It's perfect. Yeah. It's start to Frenchman Street. If you boys go out there, let me know. I'll come meet you out Absolutely. there. There's nothing better than Frenchman Street. Hey, I'll Street. meet you too. Just let me know. Okay. Where you're <laughs> we'll all go watch Glenn. Yeah, we're all we're in. Yeah, Glenn. We're all <laughs> in. Come by. We'll have some fun. How could we not do this? Happy I'll renew, hours. I'll my, uh, That's my career. hairdresser. There you go. Yeah. That's cool. And what will you be wearing? I have no idea. <laughs> you don't have an outfit picked out yet? <laughs> no. It doesn't matter, Grant. The accessory is the no, hair, man. The hair, the hair, hair makes the man. Hair, baby. That's it. Really? I thought you'd have something ready to go. Like, What did you used to wear? Like a little black outfit or what? 
I have no idea. What you don't I used remember to wear. what you used to no, wear no, when no, you were in Adam's apple. That was, jeez, uh, thirty-six years ago. Hmm. It's a long time. Okay. I'm 63. I've been around for a while. Did you have a long Marvin Gaye microphone? Yes. Jeez, you look good. Yeah. I'm a good hairdresser. <laughs> <laughs> you look good. I was, uh, what was the question, Andrew? Marvin oh, did, Gaye? You, did you have the long Marvin Gaye microphone? Did you have any cool microphones? I had the long Marvin Gaye microphone, yeah. the old Electro Voice, uh, yeah. whatever it was. I like the Price is Right. Long hair down about the middle of the back when I had a little Solid. bit more hair. Yeah. yeah. That was me. Party wow. in the back. All right. Wow. right. Okay. Well, listen, you all, thank you so much for joining us here. Oh, this is cool. Should, can I convince you guys to play one more song before we yep. go? Can I, could I request one? Oh. Could I, could I request a song, or would that be not good? It, yeah, yeah. I just love this song, like Soul Storming, that's on this oh, record okay. of yours. That, that, can you do that, or is it too hard to do? It's very hard to that's do live, I would think. Yeah. Okay, well, I advise anyone who's listening to this, then, to get a hold of this record. It's called I Can't Wait. And listen to the song called Soul Storming. I, that, I don't mind. I'm sure, I knew that I thought you were going to say that because the song is complex and it's got a lot of stuff going on. Yeah, it's but like it's an awesome song. And I can't, I can't imagine that that won't be a huge hit either for you guys or somebody could cover that. Yeah. Don't you think? Would you be happy if someone covered that? I would love someone to cover it. Can't you hear that as a giant How country hit that? song? Yeah. How about that? I, I invite you to listen to this. Wherever you, wherever you are in the world, listen to this show right now. Get a hold of this EP. It's called I Can't Wait by Star and Micey, S-T-A-R and M-I-C-E-Y. And listen to the song, Soul Storming, and tell me that that wouldn't be a giant hit for some country artist. That is awesome. <laughs> Thank you, Grant. You're welcome. Thank you, Grant. You're welcome. I want 10%. That's it was all nice I meeting want. everybody. Yeah. Great hey, meeting man. you on Driving all night long I want to put the past behind me, baby Let it go, I'm gonna change my condition Change everything Change my ways I'm living for today city sways People move but they stay the same No not me you know I gotta move on Gotta move on Make a stand I gotta make a change My condition Change My everything Change your way I'm living for the day I do what I want in the middle of the night 
thank you so much. Star and Micey and Change, that's our show for today. That's Happy Hour. You guys can keep playing while I keep talking if you like. Our show is produced by Graham DeHonte, Melinda Hawes, Trish Kaufman, Anoush Karun, and Elizabeth Fahey. Our associate producer and technical director today is Chris Kehoe. Our music director is Christian Unruh. Dr. Cliff Brigden is our web designer and our link to the real world. Our theme song was originally played by Mitch Foreman, but today it's being played by Star and Micey. If you'd like to be on our show and you can stay upright for about 60 minutes, drop us a line. Our address is on our website. Check out, while you're there at our website, our other happy hour shows. There's tons more to listen to. As well as Out to Lunch with Peter Raschuti, live from Commander's Palace Mindset with psychiatrist Dr. Nick Pajic, True to the Gang with Chris True and Tammy Nelson. When When, our show about the New Orleans Vietnamese community with Steve Wynn and Chi Wynn and Kim Vu and Midnight Menu Plus One with Margot Moss and the man who ate New Orleans, Ray Canati. You can keep up with us by liking It's New Orleans on Facebook. You can follow us on Twitter and you can sign up for our mailing list as well at our website, itsneworleans.com. If you're listening to us on iTunes or Stitcher, thanks for subscribing. Take a moment to rate and review us. That'll help other people find us. Our show is recorded live today at the lovely Casa Borrega, a brand new bar, restaurant and music venue in Central City, New Orleans on Aretha Castle Haley Boulevard, right at Felicity Street. Come by and check them out when they open, which is pretty soon. You can right now like them on Facebook. You can follow them on Twitter as well. Our guests today on Happy Hour have been the fabulous Alexa Georges. Really great to be here, Grant. It's a great really, show really today. Glenn it. Michael from Glenn Michael Salon. Thank you so much, man. What Andrew Duhon, as ever. Always the good. Happy Hour Troubadour. And the guys from Star and Micey in town from Memphis, Tennessee. Thank you so much all for joining us. To everybody here on Happy Hour and everybody back at INO Broadcasting, I'm Grant Morris. Thank you so much for joining us. We'll see you next time on Happy Hour.